0: So um, we... This morning, just want to share um, a little bit, and then I've got two people who are going to come and share some testimonies, share some some stories with us. Um, Richard Cotin's going to come, and Simon English is going to come and, and share. So um, just a little bit, uh, just from me, and based on Psalm 3, um, we're, we're in this business of thinking about, about prayer at the moment. Um, I, like the, I like the fact, you know, I like obscure facts. Did you know that um, there is a, a, a ferret Legging world record. Did you did you know that there is a ferret legging world record? What? Uh, some of you are wondering what ferret legging is, aren't you? I can I can see that. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I had a more sophisticated crowd in. Um, uh, ferret legging is when you when you tie string around the bottom of your trousers. And then you put two live ferrets down your trousers um, for the trendy amongst us with skinny jeans. You can tell I'm not a trendy pastor, by the way, because I don't wear skinny jeans. But anyway, um, skinny jeans pastors could not do this. Um, but but people, men of my age could. Plenty of room, couple of ferrets. And then, and then you see how long you can survive <laughs> as they bite and claw to try and get their way out. And and when I the, the thing I was looking at is um the, the world record record holder Reg Meller. Remember that name? Don't don't say it isn't an education coming to Trinity or watching online. Reg Meller is the world record holder. Okay, put your hand up if you think he did an hour. Okay. Hand up if you think he did two hours. Yeah. Join in at home as well. Hand up if you think he did three hours, ferrets down his trousers. Put your hand up if you think four hours with two ferrets down his trousers trying to dig for gold. Yeah, one of them disappeared at one point. Uh, Put your hand up um, if five hours, five hours, 26 minutes ferrets down your trousers. Now, the obvious question is, is why? Is, isn't it? Why, why would you ever want to, I mean, maybe you, you're desperate for significance this morning. I mean, there you go. If you want to become the world record holder, I mean, look it up. It may be longer now. I mean, you know, you, you could do it whilst you're listening to one of my talks. That'd be over five hours, 26 minutes, and you could, why would you do it? I just want to ask the question, it's a silly segue, silly link, but I want to ask why we wouldn't pray this morning. Ah, oh, you see what he's done there, yeah? Why wouldn't we pray when God has given us this amazing gift of, of prayer, when, when he's, he empowers it? By his own presence, God the Holy Spirit, that's God with us. He is with us. God is with us and empowers prayer. And the point of prayer is connection and relationship. We've we've been doing this book, haven't we? Some of us at least have been reading it. We're in a little half-term break, by the way, where you can catch up if you want to. How to pray, there are copies at the back. We've done three so far. We're doing this series on how to pray because it's dynamite. Prayer is dynamite. Prayer is, is connection. Prayer is relationship. We've been, we've been thinking about that over the last few weeks. Maybe you've been reading along. Maybe you've been looking at the videos from Pete Gregg, the author, on the Big Read website, and you, and you can. Connection, relationship with God himself. And God, God's given it to us as a gift. God doesn't say you've got to learn how to do it. God uh, doesn't say, you know, uh, come to me when you think you know what you're doing and then we'll get together. God says it's a gift to you and God empowers it. God enables it by his Holy Spirit, his presence with us. It's a done deal. Why wouldn't we connect with the creator of, of all things? Where we need wisdom for how to cope with a pandemic, when we need anything really but of course if you've been on the journey following Jesus for a while I've been doing it for quite a long time now the reality is for me anyway it's fits and starts I occasionally listen to one of my own talks and I get really good at prayer for a while and then I I kind of just go through some shallow seasons I go, I go through times when I really feel that I can hear God, and I I feel warm to God, and it's all it's all good. Nikki and I maybe get a bit of energy for something. We go, oh good, it's the uh, it's the Lectio three six five app, which by the way is brilliant, and we we get really into it. And we sit and listen, and suddenly I decide I'm going to become a morning person. I suddenly feel the urge to become a morning person and a proper Christian. And then they put nfl or basketball on late at night and i'm there at one o'clock in the morning because i'm a night person and i'm just winding down because you're allowed to that's good and the thought of getting up then at seven o'clock in the morning and having a big is that is that am i the only one or am i talking to a room full of people online we struggle don't we it's so it's so bizarre we struggle with prayer. And that's why we're doing this course. That's why we're encouraging you to read. That's why you've got a little two-week break now where we've got this week, this weekend, and then next weekend, end of half term, and we don't pick up again with the second half of the course for a little, a little bit just to catch up. I'd love to urge you to, to catch up. Because prayer is dynamite, I, I heard about a mission trip that some students in the states were doing uh, a few years ago, and they they planned to go to a partner in Mexico and they they prepped and they prayed, and they sent letters out to it was pre email days long time ago last century or the one before, and uh, they sent pigeons whatever they did, um, and they said they were coming and they were looking forward to it, and so they go on the trip, get on the bus they go on the trip they arrive apparently this is a true story, arrive in this Mexican rural village and they arrive in the town square and the the church that they're due to visit is just four walls blackened and charred. There's been a massive fire. And they, they arrive and they pick through the rubble and they see the pastor sort of coming. And he's looking at them, these these nice kids all from America, all looking in their smart clothes. And he's sort of kind of raggedy and he looks at them and he's got tears in his eyes and he's weary and he's broken. And he just looks at them and says, what what are you doing here in Spanish? I can't do that. Mexican, whatever. And they, they explain that we're here. We're here to serve God. We we. Told you we were coming, and he just breaks down in tears, the story is told. He breaks down in tears. He says, six months ago, the church was burnt down by some other people. And we'd been praying for six months that God would help us, and we had completely given up hope. We did not believe that he was listening to our prayers. And here you are. God is in the business of relationship. I mean, come on. He came down in human form. As Philippians says, Paul's letter, one of the followers of Jesus to the church in Philippi, says, he came down, he humbled himself, he made himself into a human being because he loves us and wants relationship with us. And he, he wants the relationship to grow and to thrive, whoever we are, wherever we are, what, whatever's going on. And he's given us this, this gift of prayer as the means of relationship. He wants us to pray out of relationship. So I just want to pick up on some of the the themes. I don't know if this cartoon reflects your prayer life at the moment. Can you see that? Penelope was a great believer in the power of prayer. Are you looking for chocolate? Is that is that your prayer is that your prayer life at the moment Pete Greg in the book here's a little summary of what Pete Greg goes through so very quickly talks about pausing slowing and centering we've covered that a couple of weeks ago talks are online really good talks by other people um, Then we looked at rejoicing uh, prayer uh, adoration and, and thanksgiving. We talked about that. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, how Thanksgiving adoration leads us. We're going to come to that. Asking is the next section of his book, Petition, Intercession. Do you remember we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago? Unanswered prayer, that's coming up. Uh, Hills is talking on that um, in a week or so's time. So, So if that's a particular one, it is for many of us, isn't it? And then to use Pete's word, yield. Or I I, I know Tim Benton when he was talking last week with us all, when we're all kids, uh, all ages together. Yes, uh, yes to God. So contemplation and listening, confession and reconciliation, and spiritual warfare. That's the that's the outline of the stuff that's in the book. So, listen, I just want this morning, before I ask these, invite these good friends up, to look at Psalm 3. Let's just look at Psalm 3 together. If you've got a Bible with you, or you can open it up or, or switch it on. Let's just quickly, the words will be up on the screens. Just look in Psalm 3, just a moment or two with me, at how these themes, these first themes that we've looked at over the first three weeks, get picked up by, by David. Here's here's King David writing. He's writing um, at a particular moment. You can read about it in an Old Testament book, 2 Samuel. So 2 Samuel, um, chapters 13 to 18. David, the king, is in serious difficulty. He's uh, deserted by his subjects. He's being derided by many, and he's being pursued for his crown and for his life by his ungracious son, Absalom. Things are pretty bad. Here's what he says. Here's what he prays. O Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear though tens of thousands assail me on every side." Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. And then there's that little word, Selah. So many foes are rising up against me. Trouble comes in flocks. I hope you know that the Christian life is always battle and blessing. It really worries me when I hear people thinking that the Christian life is kind of, you're doing your best to get to the top of a mountain, and then when you're on the top of the mountain, if you're a pessimist, you're just worried that the you know the drop's about to come. If you're an optimist, you're hoping it will never come. That isn't the Christian life. The Christian life, actually, is we walk, battle, and blessing together. We're citizens of earth, of course, but we're also citizens of heaven, and sometimes it feels like you're on two travelators at Heathrow Airport at the same time that are going at slightly different speeds you kind of citizen of earth leg you know half is here and your citizen of heaven is like that and there's a bit of a stretch do you ever feel like that sometimes it really feels that you're on the earth one and it's slow and you're going backwards and you know and the heaven one maybe you get you know it's always both hands and and troubles in this world do come in flocks that was david's reflection so many are my foes that are are rising up against me he says we shouldn't be surprised at troubles in this world and and what for david is the sharpest thing did you notice there in the in the second verse he's saying many are saying of me god will not deliver him so These troubles are getting at the very heart of his faith in God. He's being derided because that people are saying his God isn't making any difference to his life whatsoever. Don't put your hand up, but anyone feel a bit like that sometimes? Is my faith really making a difference? Do my prayers make any difference? Does God really hear me? Am I, am I navigating this pandemic any differently to anyone else? Does my life look different? If, if Trinity didn't exist in the town, would anyone really notice? You know, the hardest thing is when people say we're irrelevant. When no one's talking about us. When people in our families, maybe our partner, maybe you're here and your partner kind of, maybe if they're gentle and kind, pats you on the head and says, well, if it makes you feel better, dear, you go to church. I don't need it. This was the hardest and sharpest things for David. And at the end of those two verses, at the end of being real with God, there's that little word, selah which we've heard already in this series, and, and Pete talks about it in the book, means pause, take stock, be real. The first step in, in praying, the first step in overcoming the, the barriers that get put up to us praying is just simply being real and speaking to God. I think I've shared in this church before, my sharpest prayers were standing in a garden in a house we first lived in in Potters Bar, swearing at God because we couldn't have children. Those were short, sharp prayers of which I am not proud. And I certainly wouldn't use that language here in front of you. But those were my heart's cry. And because I cried out and swore at God and said, how dare you? How can you, you know, how can I believe I've got faith in you, and you're just not answering our prayer. In that moment, there was connection. You have to believe in God to be angry with God. (laughs) Just think about that a moment. If anyone ever looks you in the face, I've done this before, and tells you that what you believe is rubbish, just look at them back and say, well, why are you so bothered about it then? (laughs) David is real. I'm not advocating swearing. I'm not advocating it, but I am advocating being real with God. That's the beginning of our journey to say, you know, is anyone enjoying wearing a mask? No. Is anyone bothered by the fact that this pandemic goes on and we don't, we're not able to explain? No. No. Do we have to pretend that there are some of us who've got neat answers to this and they're the proper Christians? No. We don't have to pretend with God. We be real with him. That's the first thing. Seller, take stock. Pause. Reflect. Be real with God. Be real with yourself. Be real with other people. But, says David, In this prayer and here it is but you Lord are a shield around me my glory the one who lifts my head high I call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain do you think that David instantly got an answer and heard no he didn't at one level nothing has changed But at another level, David has chosen to believe. And what he's doing, which is really so important, is he's not choosing to believe and to pray out of his feelings. He at this point is saying, I'm going to decide to trust in what I know to be God's character, who he is. What I I know God has already done and his promises. I'm going to choose to live in that reality. I know when I use this kind of illustration I'm about to use, it doesn't always work for everyone. I apologize if it doesn't work for you, and I apologize if your circumstances are difficult. But for me and Nikki, some days I don't feel incredibly married to Nikki. Am I still married to Nikki? Yes. God is a covenant making God, not a contract making God. God has chosen to give relationship to us. He's chosen to invite us into relationship. He's taken the initiative. He hasn't said, well, okay, Andrew, I'll be your God and I'll answer your prayers, provided you do this, 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 and this, provided you feel like this, this, and this. God has just said, Andrew, I'm not applying for the job of God. I am God, and yet I still choose to love you. I came on earth in human form before you were even a blink in anybody's eye. I died on the cross you, before you even were thought about. I'm with you in the Holy Spirit, kind of whether you like it or not. I'm knocking on the door of your heart all of the time. I'm here for you, however you feel. So even with the reality of all that was going on around David, nothing had changed in one sense. He still had the same problems, but he chooses to say, but... But the character of God, the actions of God through history that I cannot explain in any other way and the promises of God are mine. Notice the repetition of the word me, the personal nature. It's not an accident. Whenever you see a word in the Bible repeated, notice it. John's Gospel, notice the word light being repeated. But here's a word. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I, same root, call out to the Lord and he answers me from his holy mountain. There's no accident in this prayer. The depth of reality of real with God in the pain, the depth of saying the but is, is the, the personal is for me. Would that encourage anyone today? A shield around me, it's not just a, a the word roots here. It's not just kind of a symbol of a shield that's kind of neat and, you know, out just front the the word means i am enveloped by god i'm surrounded by god even the ferrets would not get in because above and below no uh, above and below. You know what I'm trying to say. It's surrounding, it's all encompassing, the shield around me, practical, emotional and spiritual care and support. My glory lifts my head high. Nikki prayed it. My head lifted high. I'm bowed down by all of the rubbish. I'm bowed down by the accusation. I'm bowed down by my own self-pity and self-accusation that if I was really a proper Christian, I wouldn't go out in the garden and swear at God. I'd understand. I know the theory. I'm bowed down by that. I'm attacked by that. But God, the Holy Spirit lifts our heads up high and says, I love you. I'm for you. I'm cheering you on. God is not ignoring David's needs. He calls to the Lord and he answers from his holy mountain. And again, Selah. Pause. Reflect on this truth. We talked about pausing and centering, Pete does. We talked about adoration and thanksgiving as roots into into changing the narrative, changing the story, knowing God's love. Petition and intercession, crying out to God. And the impact is transformative. The last couple of verses, here we are. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. He is so at peace, he can sleep. You can't sleep. How many people had sleepless nights? How many people woke up, yeah, worrying about stuff? Would you like to carry on doing that or would you like to have some peace and sleep? I don't say this simplistically and easily because it isn't simplistic and it isn't just easy, but I can tell you the roots is, to hand, is in handing stuff to God. And there is choice, and it's a journey, of course, for many. And we may need help. We may need to go and see our GP and say, I need help. There's chemical imbalance in my mind. If there's chemical imbalance in your mind, let God help you through medicine. You may need to relax and to rest and to get verbal, you know, People alongside you kind of help, talking kind of help. Friends, we're all, it's a spectrum. Our mental health is a spectrum. There's not some of us who stand up here with a microphone and we're all sorted and we're all fine, never have any dark days, rubbish. And then, you know, David can sleep. He's at peace. He says, I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Again, do you see the point? He's able to sleep and have peace within the circumstances. He's able to trust within the circumstances. The circumstances are not changed. There are still the tens of thousands after him, but he is no longer ruled by them. And here we go, the end. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. He's ready for battle, and so he starts on his knees. He's ready for battle, and so he prays. His hope is only in God, me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw, break the teeth of the wicked. It's symbolism of evil being um, wild animals. It's used regularly as a picture through Scripture of, of wild animals. There are the ferrets, break the teeth of the ferrets. From the Lord comes deliverance. That's the truth. The only one who can save, the only one who can deliver is God. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? And then just notice with that final line, where does he head in his thought and his prayer? Where does he head? Outwards outward. The prayer doesn't finish Phew, I'm okay now, God. <laughs> Thanks. His prayer ends. May your blessing be on others. And there's a final cellar. Pause. Reflect. Take stock of the truth. William Barclay, the writer, said When you pray, remember the love of God that wants the best for you, the wisdom of God that knows what is best for you, and the power of God that can accomplish it. Remember the love of God that wants the best for you, the wisdom of God that knows. What is best for you and me? The power of God that can accomplish it. Richard. Come and just encourage us a moment. And then Simon, if you want to head down, because you're too far up there, mate. <laughs> In the gods. Hopefully it's it.
1: Is it on? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay. So Richard, um, uh, you serve in one of our areas of church life. Uh, just tell us where you serve.
1: In King's Table, uh, which is a ministry, I think probably most people will know, but it's a ministry on a Monday and a Friday, uh, working with um, people who are either homeless or uh, struggling for a variety of reasons.
0: Yeah, yeah. isolated, yeah. vulnerable people, who want, a whole mix, a real massive mix. And um, how does prayer... Envelop. How is prayer a shield around that kind of front line with all the emotional, practical, spiritual dynamics?
1: You know, I hadn't really thought about that until you asked me the other day (laughs) in preparation for this. There's a reason for it, because my answer is that it absolutely permeates it. And I think the reason I hadn't thought about it, I've, I've been involved with King's Table for about a year now, and I think it's because it's just so natural. It just sort of comes at you from every angle, really. Um, I mean, there's there's the WhatsApp group, um, and and that's very useful, and some of the the volunteers are really good at keeping in touch with guests, and then there'll be a particular need, a particular crisis sometimes, and you'll get a ping on your WhatsApp. And you can't but pray, you know. (laughs) It's there, and you just do it straight away. Uh, So it's a sort of ongoing thing. And then, um, you know, uh, we, we the volunteers meet, and there's things to do and uh, things to organize. And then uh, we sort of sit down, and we, we take stock, and we, we pray. Um, and it just sort of happens. And it, you, I think you're very aware of um, just your own, in my case, certainly my inexperience, uh, the, the scale of the challenges that people are facing, And uh, that concentrates your mind, and you you pray. Um, And then at the end of the time, you pray some more. Um, And um, Dave Clark, who's the um, staff member who sort of coordinates it and leads it, he's very good at modeling things, and um, um, I've learned an awful lot from him. You know, when he talks individually to guests, and they they may have particular needs, they may have uh, physical needs, material needs, and um, we can meet those sometimes, and then he'll say, do you mind if I pray with you? And I've yet to meet a guest who doesn't say, yeah, yeah, right, Uh, and to take it seriously. Um, And then, so, if Dave does it, then we do it uh, when we're talking to the guests.
0: And... uh kind of with that experience of in in what might seem an obvious place where you have to pray because uh-huh. you feel out of your comfort zone
1: <laughs> oh yes definitely.
0: and and when you're dealing with problems that very obviously can't be solved easily in human terms you're, yep. you're praying has that impacted on how you pray yourself in 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 your life Do you, have you found that having an impact on you um, I didn't tell you I was going to ask that question, did no, I? So you there didn't. you go. <laughs> <laughs> panic, panic. Just do your uh, best, Richard. Go for right. it. Right. Um, I think
1: I think it does to some extent um, because you get inspired by seeing your fellow Christians praying in a very sort of practical, sort of non-religious sort of way. You know, not using the language, but and it but still being works. Real. Well,
0: strangely enough, Gosh. yeah. I to have words um, with my boss. and, uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this, this could take away all my special status <laughs> if you don't need special language.
1: <laughs> and, uh, yes, I think that that encourages you. But it's always, you know, I'm going to be honest, and it's like you were saying earlier, it's two steps forward, one step back, and occasionally one step forward and two steps back. Brilliant. Yeah.
0: Now, you've got a poem from okay. one of our guests. Yes. And we just thought we would read this. So... What we're wanting to encourage, of course, is that we, as a church family, have this ministry of of transform and and Simon's going to share another dynamic in a moment. And one element of that is King's Table, and it's a very obvious front edge to who we are as a church family. And you might want to speak to Richard and to others about serving and volunteering if yes. you're able to. We need more. Um, but but we obviously, and it's so key that we're the reaching out to those. Perhaps in some ways, for whatever reason, on the margins. But we wanted to share this morning because we want to be inspired about praying. Yes, for this, but praying in every part of our life. If God can transform lives when things look so hard, what, what, how does God want to bless us? But here's a poem written by a guest mm. who, who we know has had all kinds of journey and yep. all kinds of things yep. in life. And not always the easiest of circumstances, but here's a, here's a poem that he wrote. And I think just,
1: you know, why am I reading this? Because I don't want to give the impression at all that it's one-way traffic. Um, I'm struck by the number of our guests who pray. Um, Just in the last few weeks, we've been able to um, have a a sort of short Bible study and prayer session with the guests, us sitting with the guests before lunch. Uh, and. What I'm told is that the, the numbers are higher than they've ever been at that. Um, and these guys really pray. The problem, actually, with uh, that, that time before lunch is it tends to spill off into lunch. We have to stop it. They have an appetite for it. And I think this poem gives you uh, a real hard example of, of the reality of what God is doing in them and through them. Okay? It's called King's Table. Friends meet and greet, COVID permitting. Compassionate lunches served. Trinity Church volunteers eager to please guests in need from the town. A word of wisdom from the Bible. Support to the destitute and needy folk. Hot drinks, encouraging words. And supplies to those desperate. And A friendly chat and acceptance and fellowship, but no judgment or opinionated views from the volunteers. It's the power of Christ in his servants, freely given to be freely received. Trinity Church, serving the town.
0: Amen. Thank you, Richard. Nikki, could you just clean that mic off for Simon? So it may be that um, Richard, who's, who's written that, is watching. And we want to say thank you, Richard, if you are watching. Um, so friends, thank you. You're sharing in this because it's our money, it's our time, it's members of our church family, it's, it's us. Uh, you may know, I've said before, that when I was interviewed for being the role of lead pastor, um, my question to the panel was whether King's Table is Trinity or is it something that Trinity does? Now, I'm not naive enough to realise that it's a bit of both is truth, but I desperately want it to be us. So thank you for your support that enables that kind of ministry. And just be encouraged. If God is at work in that kind of way in and through guests there, again, just this question, what does he want to do in our lives if we would dare to believe that he is God? Simon, so good to welcome Simon. Thank you, Simon. You um, serve in another another element of our transform ministry, which is street teams. Yep. And just tell us a little bit
2: about how street teams works, just first. Yeah, So um, basically, there's a group of people. We meet on a Thursday and a Tuesday. Um, we collect food that's been donated from around the town. Um, We gather that together, we sit and pray, and then we take the food and some hot drinks down to outside Marks and Spencers. And um, we meet the guests. So some of them are King's Table guests. Some of them are people that wouldn't come to church. They wouldn't come here because they see they don't want to meet other people. We go to meet them on their ground, basically. That's what we do. We go out to see them where they are. So uh, I, love, I love
0: Simon because you're an incredibly ordinary person. <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. I am, really. Yeah. But you just believe in God's promises that believe, when we yeah. pray, yep. it, he'll happen. do things. Yeah. Just give us a couple of examples of things that you've seen just recently where yeah. you've made a prayer in a situation where it seemed
2: like, what on going to change yeah. here?
0: Just, yeah. just share a comment. So
2: I can actually stand here all day and talk about prayers that have been answered and prayers that have happened um, but uh, in particular, lo- on, on Thursday, um, we were out serving, a uh, bit frantic. Um, lots of people coming and going. Um, short on team, by the way, as well on Thursday night. So, anyone wants to join us, please do. Um, but uh, that's good. Was, yeah, yeah, it was a bit frantic. And um, there's two young girls come along, and we've prayed for them both uh, over the past couple of weeks, um, and they're really in a, a, a very desperate situation their health is very very poor um and one lady turned up and she said oh can i take some food from a friend so i said yeah yeah of course yeah where is she so she said oh she's in hospital so i said all oh, right okay well we need to pray for that so she said yeah because it works she said you prayed for my heart uh, she had problems with her heart she said you prayed for my heart and it's better now so we need to pray and I just, whoa, ho, 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 get in. This is what it's all about. And that really excited me. Thank I'm you, really God. excited. Yeah. And so I stood there, I bowed my head, and I started praying. And she was joining in. She was praying like a good'un. She was joining in with that prayer. And she believed that that prayer was going to th- make a difference. Yeah. And, and that would help her friend that was in hospital. So just little things like that that happened. Uh, just uh, just blow us away. And it's the power of prayer. And it's all down to to Jesus. And he's there with us. He's there outside Marks and Spencer's on a Thursday. If you want to see him, come along. But he's there. (laughs) He's there outside Marks and Spencer's with his people on a Thursday night. His presence is there. And we're talking to him through prayer. So people outside of our church family believing more in prayer
0: and the power of prayer, dare I say, than perhaps... Sometimes we seem to. Does that not challenge us a little bit? <laughs> one more one more story, Simon. Have you got one more?
2: Oh, um, there was a girl a long time ago now, um, used to sit outside the bank, um, and we used to walk all the way up to Montpellier every week to pray for her, and she'd say, oh, don't believe in this stuff. Don't believe in all this church stuff. You know, just drop your sandwiches, give us a drink and clear off. And I said, to say, well, what, what I'll do is I'll pray for you guys as, I, as I go. So she said, yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever, off you go. And um, we, was, we went up there one day and we sat there and uh, gave her a cup of tea and a sandwich. I said, shall we go then, Mel? So she said, before you go, I want you to pray for my sister. My sister's not well. Pray for my sister. And that was a turning point in her life. Uh, amazing. But she asked us to pray. She believed in that prayer. Although she didn't have any... Faith um, didn't have any belief as such. She knew that prayer was going to work for her sister. So she asked us to pray for a sister.
0: Thank you, Simon. Let's give a round of applause Simon and all the teams who, who serve. <laughs> just pop it there. Yeah, thank you. So there you go. We genuinely wanted just to feature today a couple. We'll have a couple more tonight, some more next week. So thank you so much Simon and the team so it's every Tuesday and every Thursday. Um, we did have a, n- a number of people signed up recently to join the teams If you want to go out that's and you want to see Jesus I just I love that that's the best advert I've ever heard for signing up to anything in church isn't it? I mean it ought to be for everything but there you go and Richard and the team um, on uh, during the week in that part of our transform ministries. there's also the garage and women's garage and women's ministry as well so wanted to share those deliberately because we wanted you to be encouraged to know that we as a church family have these edges to ourselves. But we also wanted to share because, I'm going to say it again, perhaps people outside of the Christian bubble can believe in prayer more than us.